0: So uh Tim I'm giving up on uh talk I'm not going to talk about women's world cup until it's all over. <laughs> okay. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just my nerves are uh far too frayed and I'm uh, I, I just can't. Can't get into it. Um the the France Brazil game is what, what really kind of did me in. I I'm, uh, no, What was the what were the? What, it well it went to overtime and uh, France won two to one in overtime. But there was it was it was just there were too many red, yellow cards, too many ugly tackles, a goal that was called off. You know it just bad bad officiating, which will <laughs> always kill everything. Yeah. But you know it is how it is. Uh. But anyway, you know I'm also getting old. And I know you're older than I am, so well, yeah, I'm not doing you any favors. That, that worries me. There, but but uh, here's how I know I'm getting old. So I thought, you know, at first I felt I was getting old when I realized that William Devane was trying to sell me gold. <laughs> yeah. I thought, okay, that's that's not good. And then uh, and then the six million dollar man was trying to sell me hearing aids. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Jonathan Hart and Magnum started trying to sell me reverse mortgages. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? And then today I heard a commercial and uh Mary Lou Retton is trying to sell me menopause medication. Oh yeah, I saw that one too. And and uh I'm uh, I it's it's all over. Yeah. Mary Mary Lou Retton uh selling Hawking uh, menopause. Yeah. I know I, uh, I can't. One
1: step one step over from those diapers, man. <laughs> can't do it. I can't do it.
0: One yeah. step over those diapers. Yeah.
1: They're all doing it though, you know. Ernie Ernie Hudson's out there, you know Ernie. Oh yeah. Ernie Hudson's hawking. Still looks great though. Still looks fantastic, which is why it's so weird. I'm like, Ernie. <laughs> dude, why you what what the hell are you selling? This crap for a television what are you doing uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, well i should set up their all making way more money right? yeah
0: well it is what it is uh it is what it is so anyway yeah not much on the on the movie front we're still uh, so we are um we are off uh for a week after this fourth of july holiday it's gonna be a lovely long weekend mm-hmm. and we are gonna have a great time weather is really heating up here so uh oh, yeah, we for those who who listen from other countries you're just going to have to enjoy our holiday with us. Uh, otherwise, if you're in the U.S., we're going to wish you a great uh, July Fourth holiday. It's going to be a fantastic weekend, and uh, we've got a couple of giveaways this week. Going to be going to be toasty on the West Coast. It is. It is starting to F- really, finally actually yeah. because
1: it hasn't been.
0: We were uh, having uh, we were having rain, like crazy rain. Yeah. The first day of summer I was over here and it rained. Yeah, yeah. It, man. It, it, the longest day of the year it was no sun.
1: <laughs> because it was good And in the Midwest, it's where nuts. my where my mom and my brother you know, my family yeah. the same thing. Uh torrential rains, flooding. Uh, oh, I'm from Saint Louis, all yeah. through there. All that all that stuff is going on there. But uh, the second day of summer, it kicked in, uh, you know, it's, right. it's, it's uh, yeah. up to the 90s now. Yeah,
0: well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go find a pool to jump in somewhere. So, I am gonna start off with, uh, from the sublime to the ridiculous, and then we're gonna get into the new movies. We've got foreign language today. Mm. We're gonna do a couple of giveaways from the, uh, courtesy of WellGo from the, uh, stack of foreign films. Uh, some Naxos stuff from the, on the on the music front, the classical music front. Most of these, or at least three of these, are from Unitel, but I'm going to start off from, with one from Naxos proper. Um, this is an opera I've never heard of. It's kind of weird, kind of freaky. Uh, I don't really understand it. This is performed by the Dutch National Opera. It's called, as uh, French title, L'Etoile. By Emmanuel Chabrier. If you are, this is the uh, chorus of Dutch of the Dutch National Opera and the uh, uh, the Residancy Orchest uh, the Hog. I don't even know what that is, but mm. anyway, it's the Dutch National Dutch National Opera, and uh, this is just strange. <laughs> uh, I find it, it really is. I find most most modern uh, operas to be a, a little bit odd and off the beaten path. Uh, if, if you um, I mean look, it's just it's very postmodern and kind of avant-garde, uh, but it's called l'étoile. Music's fine, I guess. I didn't, you know, not gonna get into it too much. Uh, Rossini's uh, Le Comte Ori, Count Ori, uh, is, uh, is from Unitel and C major. And it's, uh, it's fine. I'm, you know, Rossini, I'm kind of up and down with the Rossini. This is from the, uh, the orchestra of the Champs-Élysées and uh, conductor Louis Langray in Paris. Um, it's fine. And Puccini's Tosca doesn't get any better. Even if you don't like opera, you're going to absolutely love this. This is from the, this is from the, uh, the opera people in Dresden, Germany. Uh, Christian Thielmann and the Staatskapelle Dresden. It's absolutely stunning. It is wonderful. Uh, Tosca is of course one of the all time great operas and, uh, for good reason. And this really, really does it, uh, does it right. This is, uh, absolutely terrific. Tosca, by the way, I didn't realize was premiered in 1900. Isn't that from Malamo? Oh man. 1900. Uh, so, uh, anyway, the, what's interesting here is that the, the, they analogize this in some ways, uh, with the notes that they furnished us to Goodfellas, which I had never heard before, but it is certainly interesting. Uh, and then uh, also from Unitel is a uh, a Mahler and Zimmerman concert combination. This is the uh, Bayerischen and Rundfunk's choir and the Vienna Philharmonic, uh, conducted by Andres Nelsons. They perform the uh, Mahler Symphony Number no. Two, otherwise known as the Resurrection, and then uh, some works by the composer Zimmerman. Two ends at the end with Bernd Alwas Zimmerman, with whom I'm not that familiar, Mm. but the music's quite good. Uh, And uh, the soloist, the soprano soloist Lucy Crow, has a lovely, lovely voice. I'm not always a huge fan of operatic sopranos, but that's absolutely beautiful. And then lastly, from uh, RICOM, R A I C O M, uh, which is Italian and C major, is uh, Verdi's Attila. And uh, this is done by the Chorus and Orchestra of uh, Teatro Comunale di Bologna, the communal theater of Bologna in Italy, conducted uh, by Michel Mariotti. And uh, it's uh, this is also quite good. Uh, when you let the Italians just kind of do it classically, it's very, very impressive. A lot of scale here, beautiful audio, really, really nicely recorded. And uh, it's just, you know, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Mm. And from the sublime... I'll take us to the ridiculous. So I got some some culty and some horror stuff here. I'm gonna combine all the culty stuff and the horror stuff and uh, try to go through it as quickly as possible. This is a low budget horror film called Dead Sight, all one word, uh with the tagline You'll never see them coming. <laughs> and, and it's got it. a it's got a picture of some kind of half-eaten zombie-headed guy with one eye. It's kind of disgusting. Yeah. But you know, yeah. that's how that's how these things sell. Uh yeah so so usually these stories are about somebody who's about to retire aka Danny Glover in uh, Lethal Weapon you know uh, oh, I only got 12, 48 more hours left before I'm retiring oh I don't I'm too old for this right all that stuff uh they've decided to one up it now so you've got a a woman police officer who's about to go on maternity leave oh, that really ups the ante and on her last day last day before going on maternity leave um she um she winds up um having to team up with a blind guy to fight zombies. yeah, I look, I don't know how else to put it. It's a pregnant lady and a blind guy fighting zombies. That's what it is yeah, uh, so I'm sorry i it it's you win right there because <laughs> you've made you you found a premise for a zombie movie. That is incomprehensibly ridiculous, mm-hmm. and yet it's never been done before. <laughs> so I, I tip my hat to you. Pregnant lady and a blind guy fighting zombies. It's I don't know. It, it, it should have been a comedy, but it's not. Uh, so also from Blue Underground, who does a lot of great cult stuff, they came out with a three-disc limited edition Blu-ray, which includes a DVD and a compact disc. It's Blu-ray DVD and compact disc. Uh, restored from 4k uh, from the original elements in 4k lucio fulci one of the original giallo directors from italy lucio fulci's movie the new york ripper Uh, i i don't know that i really need a uh, lenticular hologrammed cover three disc special edition uh, remastered in 4k on (laughs) blu-ray of uh of a really really nasty psychopathic horror film but if that's your thing Mm. this is certainly one of the more legendary ones um i find the extras on here a whole lot more interesting than the movie the The movie itself, you know, Lucio Fulci is not the most polished of the Giallo directors. He's certainly not as... He's one of the early ones. He's one of the early ones, yeah. I mean, he's, he, you know, by the time you get to Dario Argento, you're much more into an art film kind of sensibility. Lucio Fulci didn't care. He just he made him quick and dirty and nasty. And, uh, you know, the, nothing's nastier than his movie Zombie. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is more or less the same kind of thing. In New York Ripper, you know, it is. It, it, it it's exactly what the title is. And uh, it's just a whole lot of gore, and it's nasty and really repulsive. However, uh, you get an, the author of Splintered Visions, Lucio Fulci, and his films, Troy Howarth, doing an audio commentary that will make you feel very guilty, actually, for not liking this film more. Yeah. Uh, and interviews with almost everybody involved. Tons and tons and tons of interviews. And uh, then there's a poster in Still Gallery and the trailer and a thing on their uh, their locations, the New York locations, how they've changed over time. Actually, you watch the extras, and you kind of go, well, maybe it wasn't that bad, but it is. It's bad. The extras are very, very good. Uh, I'll Take Your Dead. That's the name of the movie. I'll Take Your Dead. This also has a fun tagline. Death is knocking at their door. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And, and those, I didn't know death had
0: uh, you know <laughs> it's, fingers and okay. a Anyway, uh so this is uh this is about a guy who uh he he basically is I don't want to call it a graveyard, but he's uh he makes he he enables uh corpses to disappear to to no longer be an issue. Uh you know, there, there are all of these uh, gang murders around in the area, and, uh, you know, he's, he's got a farmhouse, and you can dispose of the, the problematic material here and all that, and um, the, the, somehow that dovetails into a haunted house story. Now, I, I'm i not going to co- tell you exactly how, because I'm not really sure how. Uh, it, by, by the time they kind of start to explain things, it it makes even less sense than when they weren't explaining it. However, there's a lot of good mood here. So even though it doesn't make a great deal of sense, the director, Chad, uh, Chad Archibald, um, really is using this as a resume piece. And that's fine. That's what a lot of these people do. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's strictly a Blu-ray, no DVD and it does have a behind the scenes and deleted scenes bit on it and, uh, and a script to screen thing that's not really that impressive. Um but um so the movie has all kinds of problems uh mainly in the script stage but it's it's in the end uh, not as problematic as you might think. From art exploitation films is um what they would h- like to believe is going to be a future cult classic called Rondo. I'm not sure it's uh It is, as they suggest, a cult classic in the making, but it certainly has a a real kind of a cool, low-budget noir style to it. And uh, the uh, it's about a guy who goes to uh, this 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 uh, uh, veteran, who this war veteran who goes uh, to uh, a brothel, and the brothel winds up being. is sort of opening him, opening up a, a, a an additional underworld that is even sleazier and nastier than uh, than a brothel normally would be. <laughs> uh, it's I, they 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 are su- they're trying to suggest that this is kind of a black comedy. I didn't laugh, yeah. and I watched more than half of it and decided it wasn't worth it. So, and then we also have uh, this is pretty good low budget stuff. Uh, the cleaning lady. uh beware the cleaning lady. We take them all for granted, don't we? We, you know, at yeah. least if you, if you, whether whether it's at work, whether it's at your home, if you have a, if you have some kind of a cleaning lady, you know, you, you you trust them, you 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 get to know them over time, and you they have access to all of your stuff in the bathroom, things that you would never show to your best friends, yeah. right? So this is basically single white female, uh, with the cleaning lady. You got a woman who's you know got a boyfriend who has a double life and. And, you know, life's messed up. She brings in a cleaning lady to, you know, sort of help. uh, Anyway, the cleaning lady kind of becomes a confidant. And pretty soon the cleaning lady develops a very unhealthy obsession with the woman for whom she is working. And uh, you you know where it goes from there. It goes south. Uh, (laughs) It does. From Intervision... We get a real total cult film, and it's really, really just grindhouse dirty like you can't even imagine. Uh, This is called Masked Mutilator. Mm. That's right, Masked Mutilator. It comes in the black keep case that they reserve for Blu-rays that they really want to scare the daylights out of you. And uh, this was all shot for about uh, 99 cents in 1994 in eastern Pennsylvania. And it was the the brainchild of a bunch of professional wrestlers in Pennsylvania, a bunch of Pennsylvania wrestlers um, who th- they wanted to make just basically a low-budget slasher film and uh, were never able to actually finish it. It took them like over 20 years to get around to finishing it. And uh, here it is. It's now out uh, in this form. And I don't know why it took them 20 years because it just isn't – there's nothing here that should have taken 20 years. I think somebody just shoved all the elements away and didn't want to bother with it. And now that there's an outlet for it, they got around to it. Um, look, it's nasty. It's dirty. It doesn't make any sense. It's purely for gore and gratification. Uh, but there is something interesting about the fact that this was thrown together by a bunch of non professionals in eastern Pennsylvania 25 years ago so there is value to that and you learn a great deal about it because they have a cast and crew commentary where they talk about it and i would frankly say if you can tolerate the content which is pretty disgusting uh just watch it straight up with the audio commentary on Mm. it's it's only an hour and 15 minutes long it blows right by it's got a lot of other extras on it, a lot of interviews and and featurette stuff but uh and they, they even include the auditions which is um a little horrifying Almost more horrifying than the movie. But the commentary is really it makes it interesting while you're watching it. So I would say that's a thing you want to do. And then uh, from Mondo Macabro, who also releases a lot of fun stuff, uh, from the French director Jean Brismet, is uh, The Devil's Nightmare. Now, uh The Devil's Nightmare, uh it has uh this is kind of a, a mid-grindhouse movie from Belgium actually, uh in 1971 and it I've I had heard of this before. I had never actually I was not a with what was in it. It it sort of has a Euro slasher of following there are people who love all the euro slasher stuff specifically because mm-hmm. it it looks a little bit like softcore, but then people start dying and cutting each other apart and there it is uh so uh for what it is from that genre i guess it's half a notch above most of that stuff but it still doesn't work it still has it's still basically a cheap agatha christie knockoff bunch of people you know a bunch of tourists uh their bus takes a uh, you know a wrong a wrong turn and and uh, next thing you know, you've got kind of a weird European castle version of, uh, and then there were none, which in a way is sort of like some European variation on the hills have eyes uh-huh. or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They're all kind of in the same vein, but uh, the castle is certainly really funky and and creepy and weird. But uh, otherwise, it it doesn't really make any sense. It's just a, a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of gothic gore, and it it you know it's silly, but you know. I'm 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 not going to be judgmental. And then the last one here is the 27 Club, uh which actually co-stars Todd Rundgren. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know Todd Rundgren the showed rocker. up in movies. Yeah. Weird thing. But he, Club, all those, he he's all those basically rockers who tapped out. Yeah, he's basically playing himself here. Yeah. Uh it's uh it's about a it's about a singer-songwriter, a a rock guy um who uh winds up being kind of drawn into this weird culty odyssey that leads him to the uh, mysterious 27th 27 club. Uh, And really the only reason that this exists is for the CD that they include with this, which obviously has Todd Rundgren on it Mm -hmm. uh, and Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And, you know, there's a, it's really for the music. It's like a giant gory music video. Uh, And this is from Cleopatra entertainment and MVD. It is the 27 Club, so see it only if you're a Todd Rundgren fan, mm-hmm. which our friend Rich Necheski is. By the way, I, I saw Rich the other day. He came out
1: Yeah, up. you sent me a note. Yeah.
0: yeah. Rich is, a, is an old uh, colleague of ours from the Entertainment Today days. He was the music editor. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And uh, I haven't heard from him in years. Hey, he's, Rich.
0: He's doing really well. He's doing really well.
1: Outstanding. Knock off a few new movies? Yeah, let's do the new movies. Uh, newest kind of wacky movies anyway. Uh, so um got this Dolph Lundgren film. It's called <laughs> Dead Trigger. Blu-ray. <laughs> uh, uh, guess what Dolph is doing on the cover? Uh, hold, hold, uh, hold uh, the he's gun. holding a daisy. Yeah. No, it's a gun. That's <laughs> no, a gun. gun. It's it's a yes, gun. Yes, yes, he's holding a gun. <laughs> he's, smelling, he's smelling a flower. <laughs> Dolph has just been doing this for years and years and years and years. Anyway, this is um uh, this is one of these post-apocalyptic thing. A virus that killed sure. billions of people. Uh, uh, and uh, you, basically, it's like a World War Z kind of thing. It created sure. zombies. I guess you got the virus going to kill a bunch of people. They got to come back as zombies. Or that wouldn't be any fun. Anyway, um, the the hook is this: the government creates this uh, zombie-killing game. Uh, people go online, they play the game. Then the government recruits the best players <laughs> of this game to be led by our captain, Dolph Lundgren, here to go out and kill the hordes of zombies. Uh, you know, lovely makes sense to me if you're good at killing them in the game, sure. you're, you're probably going to be good at killing them pretty much any, any place you can kill them. Haley R- Lou Richardson and Cole Sprouse in this pub- perfectly lovely little film called Five Feet Apart. I adored this little movie when it came out. I think I talked about it on the radio. Um, it's just this little movie. A uh, 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 young woman has cystic fibrosis. Uh, and uh, she's in the hospital all the time. She meets a young man who's also mm-hmm. in the hospital quite a beat, Quite a bit. They can't get anywhere near each other because they'll infect each other and probably kill each other. Yet they fall in love. Man, yeah. you know. Uh, okay. So, right. You know, look. You can Hate possibly it be more contrived, but you know what? <laughs> These kids are cute, and, and, and it was just sort of lovely. A very notebooky kind of thing. Um. Uh, so you know, it works in that sort of way. A lot of neat special features on this, including an audio commentary, uh, and a making of sort of little video that's kind of cool too. John Travolta and Morgan Freeman in The Poison Rose. Um, man, John Travolta and Morgan Freeman in this little thriller movie that's not that bad, been kicking John Travolta in the butt for mm-hmm. a few years now. John Travolta hasn't made anything no. watchable for quite a while.
0: No. Well, look, Travolta's career has gone through a very, very interesting rhythm, which is that he he was a TV actor mm-hmm. who then became a movie star with Grease and Saturday Night Fever. I mean, he had that moment right in the late 70s, early 80s. He mm-hmm. was the deal. And then he traded it all in for just garbage. Yeah. And he just, and he vanished. And he, and he was doing just junk at a certain point. I think uh, Two of a Kind was yeah. one of his last yeah. attempts at, at regaining legitimacy, which he did with Olivia, yeah. uh, with Oliver Reed playing the devil's horrible, horrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, And then Pulp Fiction gave him a new release on life, and suddenly he had like five or six films in a row that yeah. made over $100 million. About right through Broken
1: Arrow. You know, yeah. you know, mostly playing these sort of bad guys of one sort or another, which was an interesting twist yeah. because he had been the
0: heroic leading man
1: yeah. for so long. You and know, and, and he,
0: he had that momentary resurgence, and then he, and then he made uh, the, uh, the L. Ron Hubbard thing. Oh, my uh, goodness, yeah. Bat, uh, Battlefield uh, battle, Earth.
1: Battle Earth, yeah.
0: And then it all just went to crap
1: again. Did him. he direct that, too, or did he produce I know he produced I know he it. He produced it. Yeah, he did not, he, direct, he did not, it. not yeah. direct it. not direct Anyway, what are you going to do? Uh, John and Morgan Freeman in this movie, along with uh, Brendan Fraser, who you'll remember from The Mummy Lo- uh, uh, yeah. uh, way back yeah. in the day. Anyway, uh, John's playing this L.A. cop, has to go back to his hometown in Galveston, Texas, when a young woman goes missing. He's looking for this young woman. Uh, and Morgan Freeman is playing this uh, criminal mob bossy kind of guy. Frazier is just sort of sleazy doctor kind of guy. Something is going on. Mm. Uh, John is getting pissy because uh, these people aren't telling him the truth, so he has to figure it out. It's actually a pretty good little sharp, sharp little thriller uh, of a movie. There, Poison in the Rose. Not much on in the way of special features, which kind of sucks a little bit. You and I talked about this Fast Color. A film about a young woman, in this case, a young black woman, played by Guga and Beth Raw. Uh, who was in that wonderful movie Beyond the Lights a couple of few years and, ago,
0: and and who did uh, who played the uh, feather duster in Beauty and the Beast? In Beauty and the Beast, yeah. exactly. Uh, uh, just uh, fantastic. Um,
1: she is, and she's this young woman with
0: superhuman
1: powers. This blew
0: right past me. Blew right I, past I, me. I, I'm I, th- I I have to believe this had a theatrical release, but it uh, it was not on my radar. I just
1: I I, just kid, I can't believe that it, that it that it didn't. Lorraine Toussaint is in it too. Yeah. And this is
0: a movie about a young woman with superhero
1: powers. She's being chased by this super villain. She has to go back home uh, to the Farm community that she yeah. ran away from years ago because you know they sort of they sort yeah. of drove her away actually yeah. and the and the whole story sort of plays out. I love this little wicked ass movie. It's called Fast Color. Uh, check it out. I'm a big fan of uh, of
0: Google. Google is is really really an incredible. She's going to win an Oscar within the next few years. Yeah, uh, it's just it's it's one of those moments. Just need the right role, but yeah. a huge talent and beautiful. Yeah, uh, uh, audio commentary
1: costume. here with the director-writer Julia Hart. So, yeah. you know, neat there. Uh, Emilio Estevez back at work. Emilio had a, talk about a guy he had a moment yeah. there in his career as a, as, a, as a director. Emilio was a little art tour there. Mighty Ducks. Mighty, du- Mighty Ducks was his big, big, big hit. That was the one. Interestingly, yeah. after the Mighty Ducks is when he started to taper off Yeah. as a director. He did that movie called The War and a, and a few yeah. others. But in the 80s, he was running around... Yeah. Uh, I mean, cuz you yeah, I mean you know the family.
0: Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean uh, he made he made uh men Bre- at work uh, too. Men at
1: work and yeah. uh repo man and uh he did he was running when he was running around with Demi Moore Wisdom. Yeah. Uh,
0: was 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 a big one He, he was he was he was writing, he was directing, he was acting, he was uh you know uh I mean even even uh Breakfast Club. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he was he was doing a lot of stuff and uh, wearing all these hats, and then uh, some of it was
1: good. So it was, yeah. yeah. No, no. This is a movie called The Public. It's a um, it's, uh, you know sort of an activist film that he made. He, yeah, he directed like his, this one. He directed this. Yeah. His dad is a, he and his dad are a bit of a are, are activists filmmakers. Yeah. They always sort of have been. So um, it, it's set in a, a horrible, horrible winter in Cincinnati. Uh, the wind chill is something insane. Uh, the homeless people who have been living on the street decide to take over the public library. They go into the public library and uh, and stage you know a sit-in. Really, what they're trying to do is stay alive. And this is all about how the powers that be are going to react to that. It's a real sort of um, in a certain sort of way, a sort of a uh, uh, one of those sort of um oh with Pacino um yeah. uh, you know one of those kind of things you know with with the, with the and a lot of these people like sort of a Desikas sort of situation. Are actual homeless people that he's put in the film. Uh, Michael K. Williamson, and Alec Baldwin, and, and Emilio himself is in the fi- in the film. Uh, Gabrielle Union and Jenna Malone and Michael K- uh, and Taylor Schilling, Sh- Christian Slater. So a lot of people in the film, but every now and again he ha- has a person in the film who's an actual homeless person, and they and they sort of speak off the cuff. It's a it's, it's kind of an interesting moving little moving. It's cool to see Emilio back at work. Uh, uh, a few special features on here as well. Stallone, Curtis Jackson, who I noticed doesn't use that 50 cent
0: anymore. No, he doesn't. It's funny, right? <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, it's, lost like, it's like cent. Dwayne Johnson isn't The Rock anymore. Yeah. You yeah. lose the moniker at a certain point. Yeah,
1: Chris Ludacris, that's gone yeah, too.
0: No. Uh,
1: now he's just Curtis Jackson and Dave Bautista in this film Escape Plan, The Extractors. It's a movie about uh, Stallone and his team of badasses who have to uh, go and uh, uh, get back the kidnapped daughter of this yeah. high Hong Kong tech mogul. Uh, and that's really all it is. <laughs> yeah. Nothing really just absolutely nothing else yeah. to say about it. a lot of special features there though including the making of and a commentary track with the uh director John Hertzfeld. You know John Hertzfeld uh used to be a man. Yeah, I know. You know for yeah. for, for a long time. A um, lot of these
0: guys are are just kind of uh floating around out there and and uh they had these A-list studio careers and yeah. now they're kind of scraping. The, I mean, a lot of them will come back again. So. Yeah,
1: you think You think? particularly, you know, go to television, do knocks-up-and-off-in-television. Yep, yep. uh, Mia and the White Lion on Blu-ray here. This is a lovely movie about a young woman and her gigantic white lion uh, as she sort of hikes her way across the South African savannah in order to get that lion uh, to a place where it will be safe because sh- both she and it are being tracked by people who mean to do uh, at least the lion harm and will do her harm uh, if they if they have to happen to catch him. This is a lovely little film uh, uh, to um, uh, truly appealing, and I'm sure a lot of folks will like it. They should check it out if they get a chance. Uh, Dumbo. Man, Disney's, Disney's desire to live-actionize or that's not, a, that's not actually a phrase – but to make in live-action all of its classics uh, animation, I don't know. This one th- – Tim Burton, of course, directing, Danny DeVito – Michael Keaton is actually having a lot of fun in the film, Colin Farrell, uh, Ava Green. I don't know, man. Uh, this We went to see this together. I, I, I took a friend of mine's uh, little daughter to go see it. She had a good time at the movie. It did not do well. I was not crazy about Aladdin either, although it did do well. Wh- what are your feelings about uh, Disney in this attempt to uh, so live I'm, action these movies?
0: I, I Mixed feelings. I think some of them work, and I think others don't. I think Aladdin is a real mixed bag, wrong director. Uh, I thought Beauty and the Beast was very sweet. My daughter loves Beauty and the Beast. She, she, you know, it kind of pushed all their buttons from the uh, from the animated. Yeah. She still prefers the animated.
1: I thought that movie was still so big and intense and overbearing. I, um, you know, it's I, funny. I, I,
0: I don't like the Jungle Book, but I understand why people do. Mm. I I'm hopeful the Lion King will be decent, but it still feels like mm. I think the animated film kind of told that story as well as it needed to be told. Yeah. Uh as far as dumbo's concerned it's a different dumbo it's tim burton's dumbo it's a dumbo. different storyline too it's, 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 it doesn't follow the story not exactly no, there's no mouse uh yeah there's this family with uh, you know colin farrell is, is is has lost his arm in the war there's i mean they've they've invented a whole in the kids yeah, It's a whole new angle on the idea. The, pretty much the only thing that's, that's similar is that there's an evil circus guy who's trying to take advantage of Dumbo the Flying Elephant and yeah. fails to. That's it. Everything else is reconstructed, and it's a Tim Burton movie. If you want Disney's Dumbo, watch the original. Yeah. If you want to see what Tim Burton can do with the idea of a flying elephant, yeah. well, then this is worth watching. Yeah. I, I don't think it's bad. And which means it'll be a little bit darker, a little bit scarier, to yeah. my mind. Oh, yeah. It, it, a lot it, scarier. It, it is. And you I, wouldn't show it, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't show it to my daughter. I wouldn't show it, it
1: to dog. any little kids no. either. Uh-uh. Um, do you want me to knock off this television before we move on? or you want to knock Yeah, knock
0: off, off the off TV. Bit? Well, actually, you know what? I got one more new movie over here that I want to make a mention of. Okay. Uh, Maze. Uh, Maze was, was in theaters rather briefly, but it is, it is a, it's a hell of a movie. And I'm sorry that it didn't get a uh, a bigger release theatrically. So you really should check it out. So if you're familiar with the with the IRA hunger strike history, Bobby Sands. If you've seen the movie Hunger, the Steve McQueen film, uh, with uh, with uh, Michael uh, Fassbender yeah. playing Bobby Sands, then you you know that story. Bobby Sands being one of the the IRA uh, protesters uh, who was in prison. They went on hunger strike for their treatment, and and uh, they uh, almost all of them, nearly all of them, wound up dying. Yeah and it's it's just this horrible horrible moment in the history of the 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 Northern Ireland IRA uh the, the war in Northern Ireland and what's not often talked about is that in 1983 that not all of them who were on hunger strike died yeah the in and some were transferred to uh a high security prison known as the Maze yeah and force fed and and yeah and force fed and the whole thing and and what wound up happening was that one of them uh, wound up orchestrating in 1983 the single most successful, the single biggest breakout from a high-security prison in the history of the United Kingdom. Wow. And 38 IRA prisoners uh, escaped from the maze. This is that story, how it was planned, how they methodically were able to communicate with each other to sort of uh, you know, work the guards, look at the geography of the, uh, of the prison. Uh, you know how you just sort of put it. How will you put it together? And it's really amazing. It's it's a puzzle that took a long time to put together, but it's rather brilliant. Mm. Even if you're not rooting for them <laughs> to escape, even if you think that these guys are criminal bastards, which you may, mm. I don't. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter what side of all but, this you're but on. The
1: thing and how it happened is nevertheless a fascinating story. It is
0: fascinating. It is like Great Escape. Fascinating. It is a really, really, really top-notch film, uh, written and directed by Steven Burke. Hell of a job. Give that man a lot more work. Escalate him. Put it, Send him right up the, the chain of command. Let him put some more movies together because he knows how to make a movie. Um, uh, Tom Von Lawler, Barry Ward, Martin McCann. These guys are actors you have probably seen in bit parts in British television for a long time. Don't worry about it. You're going to see a lot more of them. Yeah. Everybody in this is really, really intense. This thing won uh, four Irish Film and TV Academy Awards. It is. Uh, it is first rate. It's on Blu-ray. Check it out. It's called Maze. Definitely a good film. Outstanding. Uh, Hit the TV. A
1: couple of couple of quick TVs yeah. here from. Uh, well, the first one is from Acorn. Anyway, Martin Clunes uh, in the, uh, a series called Manhunt. Love Martin, Clunes. Mar- Love Martin, you know he's Doc great. Martin. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh. My mother loves that too. Still watches it all every day. Um. Uh. Here he's playing with a detective, uh, who's on the trail of uh, a, a serial killer. This is all based on a true story. So a French uh, student is found in tuckingham Green in London. Uh. And uh, the, the the you know the fairly um uh, uh, quiet uh but you know uh, um, um decent. DCI of the town is set out on the task of figuring out who killed this girl. Very quickly he fills out that this is not just the killing of a single girl, that there's actually a serial killer at work. And he has to to press forward in figuring out what to do. And how he does it is what this is all about uh, in his very methodical way. Uh, As the town completely goes bananas. The, the public is demanding answers to the media. All of that is going on. Again, based on a true story uh, in a very well put together, a very well put together uh, um, film called Manhunt, starring Martin Clunes there. Interestingly, a similar um, uh, story is told in Marcella Season 2. Uh, this time we have D.C. Marcella. Uh, Backland, who is a London police officer mm-hmm. who finds herself on the trail of a serial killer after the body of a, of a young woman is found. Dude, what the hell is up I, with these serial know. killers in London? I know. I you know, know. I, since, uh, since Jack Ripper, it seems like they, they just can't stop. Nevertheless, these are all very well-made television series. Uh, they're dark and they're brutal. In this one, the hook is this. A body is found inside a wall. Yep. Uh, she's called there to investigate this. It turns out the body is the body of a little boy who went missing some years ago while walking with her own son. Oh. Her own son, and you know, yeah, obviously, you know, it very easily could have been her son, and one of those kind of things. And now she's on this case. So uh, the context in which they set these things are often as interesting as the narratives about the mysteries themselves. finding out who the killer is. Sometimes in these British dramas, the context is everything. Anyway, Anna Friel in Marcella, season two. Love Anna Friel so much.
0: Going all the way back to the Land Girls. Yeah, such a huge fan that whole time. All right, let's. Uh, I'm going to hit some foreign here real quickly. Uh, we got giveaways. We're going to give away four copies of each of these movies, and the first one, they're both POW-themed, and they're both from WellGo, and we really appreciate it. Uh, And uh, the first one is called Swing Kids. Now, it's not to be confused— with the uh, the other movie, Swing Kids, with Swing oh, Heil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Swing Heil, that whole horrible yeah. thing about kids during Germany showing protest against Hitler by doing swing dancing and yeah. whatnot. That's, Directed no. by
1: Thomas Carter.
0: If I yeah, it's not, 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 not good. Uh, this is uh, an annapurna finance Korean film, believe it or not, which is set during the Korean War and it's about a POW camp uh, where they they basically put together a you know a, a musical number they do musical theater t- as a way of kind of keeping their sanity and uh giving themselves a, a new sense of reality a new sense of hope and it it's it's really quite unusual and very enjoyable and uh it's it, it's a pretty smart film uh it's it it's not what they're usually making in Korea these days so it's I, i'm I'm grateful that somebody kind of um was able to get the Annapurna money to put this thing together and make it uh, make it real. Yeah. We're giving four of those away. Send us an email to gods at digigods.com. Gods at digigods.com. Put your uh, name and address in the body of the email. And in the subject line, uh, put swing. Just S-W-I-N-G. And uh, we will uh, on uh, July 7th. We're going to give you till July 7th, which is a Sunday. Uh, as long as we get our, that email by July 7th, we will be good, and we'll pick the winners, and uh, we will send you out your Blu-rays on uh, July 8th. So make sure we get that by July 7th. Swing in the subject line for Swing Kids. The other one is called T34. You're going to want to send us an email to gods at digigods.com or gods at cinegods.com, either of them, uh, and put T, just the letter T. That's it. Just put T in the subject line, and uh, we will uh, also, by July 7th, we will give you the—we'll uh, pick some winners and send four very happy people their copy of the Blu-ray of T-34. And here is what T-34 is about. It's a uh, it's basically a, uh, a POW escape movie. Uh, they're not putting on a show like in the other one. They're, they're putting on an escape. Uh, this is World War II. And uh, the idea here is that they're going to escape uh, largely because they have the remains of a damaged T-34 tank. Now, what I got out of this was, oh, somebody had an old Russian tank that was available for a movie. <laughs> so they wrote a movie around a tank. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and this is the result. It. But you know what? Yeah. Uh, good on them because they were able to uh, it's a russian film yeah. and uh you there is an english language version on this but uh you know you can either, it's an english dub but uh really it's actually quite uh it's quite interesting so um yeah I, I, I you you see them cutting the corners and you sort of know how they put it all together but it's it's worth it it's worth checking out so Anyway, that's T34. Giving away four copies. Send us an email to gods or uh, gods at digigods.com or gods at com. Put T in the subject line, body, and uh, uh, address in the uh, in the body of the email. Uh, so let's see what else we got here. Um, we also have uh, the movie Soulmate. Uh, Soulmate is a lovely, lovely, lovely movie. Uh, it is. It's one of the, you know, there are more and more Chinese films that are looking at the issues that are, are addressing young people in modern day China. And it changes all the time as the society changes, the challenges of every generation change. Uh, and uh, they're, they're all good because they all in some way aren't just about China. They're all about what's going on outside China as well. And uh, that's part of the struggle inside China. This thing won a ton of awards internationally at various festivals. Uh, it was in a ton of festivals. And um, it uh, it was famous because they the two actresses who star in it uh, both won best actress. They tied for the Chinese Film Award. No, oh. which I don't know if that was rigged or not. It seems you know. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. It, it I hadn't seems, thought about it that way. But I'm okay with it, even mm-hmm. if it wasn't, uh, or especially if it wasn't. So the uh, this is basically about two different. Um, Two different women over a very, very long time, over many, many, many decades, uh, just trying to make their place in the world. And uh, Zhu Dong-Yu and Ma Si-Shun, who uh, play the two women, are both absolutely wonderful. And uh, it's, uh, it's, I wouldn't call it a, um, I guess it's kind of a Douglas Sirk film in Mandarin, you could almost say. It really does have a Douglas Sirkian kind of melodramatic quality to it. Uh, especially the way that he treated women in his films but it's Mm -hmm. uh i'm gonna it's it's on blue it's on dvd not on blu-ray but it's also it's really really good uh a record of sweet murder by koji shiraishi uh this is from unearthed films obviously a japanese movie and uh koji shiraishi is uh is a bit of a genre director but he's 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 a really crazy genre director. Like he gives Mike a run for his money. He really does. He he gives Mike looks at his these these movies and says that guy's nuts. Uh, so the what's here's here's the here's the setup, and and here's here's the tagline. Tim, you're gonna love the tagline: Mm. to bring back one soul, he must kill twenty (laughs) seven (laughs) people. It's so weird. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. So this is about a guy um, who has uh, escaped from a mental institution. And, um, you know, I'm going to leave it at that. That's all. All I'm going to tell you is, to bring back one soul, this guy who has escaped from a mental institution must kill 27 people. I'm not going to tell you anything else because it would give too much away. Uh, But it's... uh, it's actually quite funny. Uh, I know I shouldn't say that, but it's it's funny. It's, it's tweaked. It's a twisted movie. Uh, let's see. Uh, Facets. I should make a quick note. Facets has re-released uh, Miklós Jansko's Electra, my love, which is a, uh, a which is a really an extraordinary film made in 1974. One of the uh, kind of the Hungarian, the great Hungarian and Eastern European films of that particular period. It's not Czech New Wave. It's like the Hungarian. Uh, it's concurrent from Hungary around the same time as a certain part of the Czech new wave, but it's a great film. It's been out before. It's been out of print for a long time. It's now back in print on DVD only from facets. And uh, it is absolutely well worth checking out. Jansko is one of the uh, all time great Hungarian filmmakers, one of the all time great European filmmakers, especially of the 1970s. And um, it's an absolutely beautifully made film. It is just uh, pastoral and poetic and uh, it, it is a it it's uh, it, effectively it tells the Electra myth, but it tells it in a Hungarian context, a modern day Hungarian context, and one that sort of draws parallels to Hungarian society during mm-hmm. the during the Cold War under communism. And it's it's really smart and uh, takes it does a lot of uh, throws a lot of cinematic twists and tricks at you. It's a beautiful, beautiful film. Uh, we've also got Alex Lutz's film, uh, was, this was the closing film from the, uh, Critics Week of the 2018 uh, Cannes Film Festival, Guy, G-U-Y, it's Guy in English, it's Guy in French, and, uh, it is, uh, it is one of these weird French, um, uh, I don't want to call it a comedy, it's kind of like a social, well, I guess it is a social comedy in a, in a certain sense, but, uh, There's a, it's about a guy, this young, this young guy, he's a journalist, and he discovers that his father, the father he's never known, might actually be this uh, 70-something-year-old French pop singer who's long, long, long past his prime, and um, so he decides to get close to him by pretending to make a documentary about him, and, you know, the comedy presumably writes itself, but there's some very, very um, poignant stuff in here as well. And the way it's done is uh, very unusual for this type of film. It definitely uh, it definitely pushes the envelope even for Critics Week stuff. It's worth checking out. It's from 2018 and the film is Guy, GUI. Uh, let's see. You want to do some docs? Well, you no, got some, some other doc- stuff. Okay, let's do. Let's get yeah. yeah, a, yeah, a, a couple of those. Uh, we'll, we'll break it up, and I'll do uh, some more. Some of the rest of the form later.
1: On top of this is uh, from Frontline, and, and one wonders how they, they were doing this. It's the Mueller investigation from PBS from Frontline. The Mueller investigation, a Frontline report. <coughs> excuse me, from um, a documentarian, uh, uh, Michael Kirk. Uh, it's a sixty-minute documentary. Uh, that offers an inside look into the investigation of the president. Uh, this is a, yeah, they must have simply been uh, following along. And
0: putting it together. And, and it. putting it together that's as it was going. But that's yeah. what the frontline people do. Yeah. Whenever there is something that they say, we're eventually going to have to do a frontline on this, they, they just go of, to work on it. They go to work on and, it.
1: Uh, and then that way, when the thing sort of comes to fruition within a month or two, it's, which it's is where we are now, they, they can actually. Cosmetic. They just, they
0: just piece together what they've been working on all along. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. and uh, and you know, and sort of sum it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, what I do like about it is they don't make a whole lot of decisions about it. They simply present it. Yeah, uh, which is good. Uh, yeah. the, the, well, we
0: need we need that. We need less editorializing on, yeah, on this stuff. We yeah. can figure it out a little bit later. were talking heads.
1: Um, Genesis two point This is a neat film by Christian Free. Uh, it's about these folks <clears throat> um, who who go on uh, in, to, to 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 Siberia and they start looking for uh, woolly mammoth bones. Uh, occasionally a tusk or something like that will be found, but not, not that much. But they find an almost intact, intact woolly mammoth carcass. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, really, kind of actually. And what, and what that's going to mean in terms of things that they can do, including possibly using genetics, the power of bioscience, to actually bring back a woolly mammoth, you take a little bit. This is a real Jurassic so, Park. So in other words, I've never seen Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah well, you know, it, 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 yeah, it, it, particularly Jurassic Some Park people. 4. Uh, they, they, they always kill us, people, so, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it is an interesting story, though, of uh, the possible resurrection of the woolly mammoth. Uh, what do we have here? CeeLo. Oh, this is just a lovely, lovely film here. Um, uh, the, Aca- the Acacamba Desert in Chile is one of the darkest places on the planet. Therefore, a whole bunch of observatories have been built there or stationed there. Uh, this is about uh, 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 some people who are going to the Atacama Desert to look at the night sky And search for planets, but it's also about the beauty and the majesty of what of what it actually looks like and feels like to be in the darkness. You know, we think that we know what it feels like to be in the middle of nighttime in in the big cities. I remember being a kid though, uh, who was born in the South. I was born in Tennessee, grew up in St. Louis. We would always go back to Tennessee to visit, you know, the grandparents and all this kind of stuff down down there. And wait, when I was a little kid, late '60s, early '70s, it was still pitch black dark in places in Tennessee, Uh, and uh, completely different than what it is now. Now we have spillage from all of the lights that um, populate our cities, which is funny because here in Los Angeles we have the Griffith Observatory, which is one of the great old observatories, I think built in the 30s, uh, that's still at work and and has been remodeled and everything. But our city spills so much light out into the sky that you really can't see what you – uh, could see way back in the day. Anyway, this is an absolutely extraordinary film. Um, if you've never looked up at the sky uh, in, in a truly, truly pitch black environment and seen the millions upon billions of stars in the sky, um, yourself, if you've never done that, uh, watch this movie. It'll get you there kind of close. And I imagine there are a lot of young people, a lot of kids who haven't done that. You know, I, I doubt that Hero has done that yet. No. You know, being yeah. a kid from, yeah. uh, from L.A. Constructing Albert. This is a really interesting uh, documentary about, well, um, there was a much honored Spanish chef of a a restaurant called Ibuli. It closed back in 2007. It was run by a very important uh, restaurateur. This restaurateur had working for him over the course of the life of this entire, this very important restaurant, a younger brother. And when when the, the big brother closed his restaurant in 2011, the younger brother, Albert, Adria set out to make a name for himself, and he started opening up these restaurants in Barcelona. Ultimately, opening up five of the most important restaurants, noted restaurants, uh, in Barcelona. Tickets forty one Bodega nineteen hundred. Patika, and a a couple others. I think one was called Enigma. Each one of them very, very different in the kind of cuisine that they served up. And it's just one of those things where uh, when he gets the chance to step out of the shadow of his older brother, who ran this extremely important restaurant for so years, you realize that uh, there was a genius in the mist all the time, constructing Albert. If you're a foodie, it's a really, really neat uh, doc that you might want to check out.
0: All right, I got a few, uh, few more foreign films here that I'm gonna, I'm gonna plow through. Uh, really interesting Italian, Italian neo throwback film from Giuseppe Piccioni, P-I-C-C-I-O-N-I, uh, called "Not of This World." This is also, excuse me, this is also from Facets. This is from made in 1999, uh, and it's uh, about a woman who's about to uh, become a nun, take her final vows, and then finds a baby and uh the search to reunite the baby with its 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 birth family is essentially what becomes a kind of uh magical realist journey and it uh it's like a combination of neorealism and magical realism and it is uh it is really uh it's really fascical, uh, fascinating it's um it's lyrical and yet kind of gritty at the same time. It's a really interesting movie. It's well worth checking out. It has a lot to say about faith and religion and family and uh, and just destiny in general. It is called Not of This World. It's by Giuseppe Piccioni. And it is from Facets, who is really putting a lot of good stuff out again. And then we have a couple more from the Retro Africa Collection. Of uh, indie picks, both of these are Sollywood uh, films, South African apartheid level uh, era films from the uh, mid '80s. The first one is called Lola, which is basically about a woman who plays basketball and then wants to make more of her life—or not basketball, a uh, volleyball—and mm. then wants to make more of her life. And it becomes kind of a bad news bears with volleyball set in South Africa. I love it. Yeah, it's sweet. It, it. You know what? It's uh, it's inspiring. It's a, it's uplifting. And it's female centered, which is uh is nice and unusual. Now, Tim, I'm gonna give you the plot of this one, okay? Mm-hmm. And you tell me if this sounds similar to something. <laughs> if this is a South this is a South African apartheid era kung fu movie. It's a kung fu police thriller mm-hmm. called One More Shot. One uh, More Shot. It's about a guy known as Ten Ten. Mm-hmm. He's a criminal. Mm-hmm. He's just gotten out of prison. And now. He's got to, he's got to lay a trap for this guy, this former boxer whose name is Johnny Tough. Does this start to sound a mm-hmm. lot like Dolomite? Mm-hmm. It's very Dolomite. Mm-hmm. It is Dolomite. That's insane. Um, uh, he's not a pimp, right? No, I mean, that yeah. but but all the beats of this thing, he's just come out of prison. He's got to yeah. do a thing. He's got, and then then you know, there's this, like a sex trafficking thing in it. And I'm and, and I'm thinking, this is this, this is very Dolomite. They change it just enough. But it's still basically dolomite.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: I love it. Uh, so anyway, the, uh, the the fighting is not bad. Uh, it's made for a buck fifty. Then it's
1: already uh, better than dolomite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if the
1: fighting's not bad. That's some of the worst <laughs>
0: fake kung fu ever done. But he improved on it. <laughs> when yeah, he did the speeded yeah. up the undercrank yeah, stuff for yeah, yeah, human yeah. tornado. I uh, got a Thai film called Motel Mist, uh, which is it. It makes its intentions known. This is not a family film. You have a woman wearing uh, a ball yeah, yeah, wearing yeah. a ball gag yeah, uh, uh, as the artwork. Uh, basically, it, it takes it's multiple interlocking storylines in a Bangkok motel, and they're all kind of tweaked and weird. Uh, some real kinky sexual stuff going on in one of them. Uh, there's somebody who thinks that they're being uh, chased by aliens who's in another. And uh, it's, all, it's like this is the hotel you don't want to check into. Um, so it, 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 Thai films can be uh, very, very high production value. But also very edgy, and this is both of those things. It is beautifully shot. Uh, it's not a uh, not a martial arts film like the you know like a lot of the stuff that makes it over here. It's not an epic, but the acting is very good. It's just really edgy, and a lot of the fetishistic stuff in here is kind of tough to watch. Mm. This is definitely NC-17 level stuff. It's not rated, but it's definitely pushing the uh, pushing the envelope. So, uh, but it. You know what? It's stylishly made, and I give the, I give them all the credit in the world for the direction. Uh, the direction. got a couple of Jean-Luc Godard films Jean-Luc. here. Jean-Luc. Uh, Elas Pour Moi and uh, First Name Carmen. Not among his best, mm. but uh, if you're a Godardian, if you're a big Godard fan, you'll obviously vibe to them. They're uh, separated by a decade. Uh, Elas Pour Moi is a slight bit more recent. That was from 1993 and uh this is the only film to my knowledge i think that he made with Gerard Depardieu. They didn't work together or anything else, did they? No. Was I Depardieu just one and done with yeah. the last bourgeois?
1: Yeah, well, you know, Godard is is irritating.
0: He he's, he annoys everybody. <laughs> well, I'm a fan. He uh, annoys everybody. But you know, it's just me. So he's basically uh he's basically retelling the greek myth of uh Alchemy and Amphitryon, which is uh, which is some kind of a caution. It's not a myth that i'm terribly familiar with, but presumably it's the story of uh, A god coming down to earth, becoming a human being, and you know trying to experience life as a human being. Uh, I don't really see much Greek myth in this. It's just very Godardian weirdness. But at least it does have a story. It's not one of his sort of uh, meandering of love. Yeah, it was his meandering uh, visual essays where it's just there's no acting, there's no story. I hate those. He's just been on that trip for too many years now. He's actually working with actors here, Gérard Depardieu and, and, and uh, François Muzi, uh, Nathalie Vidal, uh, you know, a lot of very, very talented people. So, uh, and there are a few interesting, weird little twists in it. So it's not utterly terrible. It's, it's watchable, and Depardieu is very good. There's also a good commentary on here from uh, Sam Dan, who's a uh, film critic that I've never heard of. And then uh, from... 1983 is First Name Carmen, which is a Godard film that has completely uh, disappeared from people's memory. He actually stars in it himself as this guy, this kind of rambling, uh, meandering b- moron, um, who lets his niece stay in his house while he's in an asylum. Uh, Marushka Detmers, who is who was once a very controversial uh, actress... Uh, a a Dutch actress who played in French films. She did, you know, uh, some pretty risque stuff. Mm. Uh, She plays the niece. She plays Carmen, the title character, and does it very, very wonderfully. Um, But then this thing takes a completely weird twist. There's like, you know, it becomes like uh, killing Zoe at a certain Mm. point. You know, there are these bank robbers, and uh, she winds up having a relationship with one of them, and then it's like, you know... And there's a kidnapping, and suddenly it's all over the map, and and none of it really makes much sense. Um, It's just all, it's really, uh, it's like he's almost trying to piss you off. (laughs) You you know, it's like he says, you know what, I'm going to tell a story, and then I'm just going to make a bunch of stuff up as I go along. And it's, and you know what, maybe I'll change my mind, and then maybe I'll change it back, and maybe I'll do something for no reason at all, uh, because I can, because I'm Jean Luc Godard. (gasps) Okay, fine, be that way. At least there's a narrative. At least there is kind of a narrative. It, it, by the end, you, you're not really sure what you've seen. You're like, I don't even remember what order things happen. <laughs> um, anyway, the um, uh, there is a short film by Godard on here as well, which also doesn't make any sense. And then uh, Craig Keller does the uh, commentary for both the short film and the feature. Both of those Godard films are from Kino, and God bless you. Nobody else was going to release these movies, so uh, you did.
1: I got a couple of more uh, docs yeah. here, including yeah. this extremely good one called Brave Girls. Uh, it's about these three uh, young women uh, who are going back to school. Uh, small, small community in India. This is in, uh, uh, with English subtitles. Small community in, in, uh, in India, and they're, they're going back to school to finish their secondary education. Uh, for the first time in a very long time, they, they can sort of see a future for themselves. When their families begin preparations for their weddings. These are young girls, 13, 14 years old. And they're put between this rock and the hard spot of uh, 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 family and community expectations for young women and their actual true desires to get educations and go on and get formal educations and perhaps uh, uh, do something else with their class. This is what this movie is about. It's hard to believe sometimes uh, here uh, in in America, 2019 in America, uh, where we are so advanced in so many things, backwards in a few things, but so advanced in so many things, that there are many, many places in the world where women, young girls, are still treated this way and denied educations and, and uh, cultural values and mores uh, simply don't recognize that it makes no sense whatsoever. to not allow um, your children, out in, in the context of any culture, to get the best possible education they can. Anyway, uh, there's a lovely, lovely movie called Brave Girls about these young women having to make this choice. The Brink, uh, it, it was a very interesting doc uh, about Steve Bannon. Uh, that came out last year. I, I love this doc. Very, you know, what's interesting about this doc is is the character Steve Bannon. Uh, he is, in fact, who he appears to be completely. Uh, you he know, he owns it. Yeah, he, he owns
0: it, uh, and he, he lets them he, p- he understands it, and he owns it. Here's what's amazing about it: the filmmakers are clearly hostile to him. Yeah, and he knows this. Yeah, 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 and he and just he leans has, into it, and he has no problem. Basically, opening up every little tiny. There, there might be one moment in the film, I think, where he where he says, uh, "Yeah, let's let, let's go away from the cameras." Like yeah. he wants something, but otherwise, he has no problem showing them when he's upset, when they've lost an election, when they've won, when he's being arrogant, when he's being charming. Like, he, and he argues with them in the car. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, at one, and and he's sitting there he's arguing with him. He's like, "Ah," yeah, yeah. and and and, I, and I'm thinking, you know, that's really whatever you think of Steve Bannon. It takes a certain gut to to just say, you know what? I think I'm going to let these people who hate me follow me around yeah, and make a documentary yeah, about yeah, me. I'm yeah, okay yeah. with that. Yeah, they,
1: particularly because you know, Steve is not the most uh, – he, he's kind of a, dis- a disheveled individual. D- kind of. He does not – Steve
0: doesn't – I think I think the president calls him sloppy Steve. <laughs> he just uh, – yeah, he yeah. never – the guy's worth like $200 million yeah. or something. I mean he made a ridiculous fortune. Made uh, a chunk of that money in the movie business. Yeah and and yeah he made some terrible movies and he yeah. even uh, what, you know I what, covered a that, couple of them that's funny too that's probably one of my favorite things in the movie he makes he makes this just completely shameless do, uh, propaganda film and he's watching it and he's glowing about it and and he even says to the filmmakers he goes he goes this is a great piece of propaganda yeah. and, he, and he stops for a moment and he goes. I mean, you 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 probably think of propaganda is a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. <laughs> it's, like, good. it's hysterical. He's yeah. owning it. He's just totally owning yeah, it. Yeah, well,
1: propaganda is just a word. Yeah. Uh, the Michelin star uh, restaurants get these Michelin stars. Uh, yeah, it's an extremely. Interesting we have we have thing. some
0: two stars in L. A. Yeah, now yeah, Finally. and of course
1: we've been ignored for years. Uh, San Francisco had one or two. I think I think they've uh, got uh, some three stars uh, up up there. Yeah. But, but, you know, Michelin Stars is a hell of a thing. Uh, this doc is called Michelin Stars Tales from the Kitchen. Basically, it simply goes behind the scenes of how the Michelin Stars are awarded. You know, so the way people go out and they, they do these things. And, you know, there's a – there are politics. There are yeah. politics. Let's oh, just sure. Say that. There are politics involved. Uh, I'm a yoga guy. I ingar. Hatha Iyengar Yoga is the sort of yoga that I do. This documentary is called Iyengar. Iyengar is a person. B K S Iyengar, really interesting story. He's very—he's still alive, elderly man. I I did it when I injured my back years yeah. ago in an accident. it, it because it's ma- back oriented. It's Back oriented. Yeah. It's uh, it's um, it's not as breathing or oriented as some of the other uh, no, uh, styles no. of, of yoga. It's really about deep and hard stretching. This and way, he healed, He he was a cripple, and he healed yeah, himself. He healed himself. It's amazing, yeah. and and he's still alive and and still getting around. This follows. Um, it tells historically the story of him, and the uh, what 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 lies behind the theory of his very particular yoga practice. Iingar, uh, is a very interesting film. If you're into yoga, you should definitely watch this. If you're not into yoga, you should watch it to figure out what yoga is all about.
0: Uh, so let me hit a few more foreign films here. Got one from Cult Epics, who always digs up some really, really wild stuff. Uh, a cult filmmaker by the name of Pim de la Parra made Susan Sandra Olga actually my nights with Susan Sandra Olga and Julie that's the that's the name of the movie my nights with Susan Olga uh Susan Sa- oh boy I'm going to get this right <laughs> my nights with Susan Sandra Olga and Julie mm-hmm. so uh the uh this is this is a a crazy crazy movie uh this was made in the Netherlands in 1975 I'm not sure that Pim de La Parra is necessarily the director's real name, because a lot of these directors came from other countries, went to the Netherlands, changed their names into something Dutch, so that nobody would know who they were or what they were doing. Yeah, uh, but this is a weird kind of um, this is a weird kind of of uh, thriller sex romp, and they call it a sex and psycho suspense mystery thriller, which is basically what it is. I it, it's a it's a it's a, it really a strange strange movie um about a bunch of people who uh they're in this farmhouse and they uh they have sex and they kill and i don't really know how else you kind of frame it out um it's a it's titillation it is uh it's purely of its era it's a real 75 1975 vibe to it it really really feels of its moment and um it's culty and it's a little weird and it's fringy and if you like these kinds of things you'll you'll totally vibe to this. It's really very much of that moment and of that particular genre. It's not for everybody, but it is my nights with Susan, Sandra, Olga, and Julie. And uh, wow, what a what a freaking movie it is. Um, then we have another one that's kind of in the same vein from Redemption, the Jordi... Gijo movie Devil's Kiss. This is from uh, Kino and the Redemption line. Uh, this was made in 1975, right about the same time. And uh, it is also one of these weird Euro culty things. This was a, a French Spanish co production in 1975. And I don't know who Jordi Gijo is. That sounds like another name that may very well be a fake name. Not familiar with him. Uh, but it's. Uh, it's almost i mean it's a, it's a s it's it's almost f- comical at this mm. point to to watch this uh, this is about a uh, a countess whose husband has killed himself and so she becomes now a medium in the wake of her husband's death and uh gets together with this telepathic professor to uh for a stage a seance for a duke uh And, you know, at this point you go, what? Yeah. What is this about? (laughs) And somehow a dwarf shows up at a certain point and you start to think, is this a David Lynch movie? And uh, I, I don't know. It's uh, it doesn't really go anywhere. It just gets weirder and weirder and stranger and stranger. And at a certain point, uh it becomes like frankenstein and I, it, it doesn't really it's it but it's a strange movie uh it's called devil's kiss by Jordi g Joe, which has got to be a pseudonym woman at war uh got a little bit of heat this last year this was a magnolia film it was submitted for uh oscar consideration it did not get nominated but uh this is an icelandic film uh about a woman activist who goes out and she's she's basically trying to. Uh, I mean, she's you know, she has her normal day job, but she secretly is like a not a superhero, but she's like an outlaw, right? She's got a kind of a double life as a Robin Hood kind of figure where she goes out, and uh, she's known as the Woman of the Mountain, and she sabotages uh, all of these. Um, uh, these power lines because she's trying to stop the activities of a certain aluminum corporation no. that is uh, that is pillaging the uh, the area there so anyway um, it's and it winds up what's interesting about it is it winds up becoming a family story too there's a there's an adoption narrative that sort of comes in from left field but makes it quite interesting it's not it's not exactly what you think and it doesn't go where you think it's gonna go. I, I actually think it's a, a very good film. It's not perfect, but it's really, really intriguing. Mm. And then uh let's see, I'm gonna throw uh here, I'll I'll do this one. I got I got two more here that I'll do. Actually I got three more. Let me let me do three more and then I'll throw it back to you. Okay. Uh The Sower is a uh, really interesting French film by Maureen Franson, who's a very talented new director. This is from film movement on DVD. Uh a little bit like the Beguiled here. This takes place in 1851. And uh, the there's this farming village that the emperor has uh, uh, the 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 new Napoleon. uh, This is like Napoleon, not Napoleon the third, whoever the Napoleon is in 1851. He's um, all of the all the men have been arrested in the farming village. The women aren't getting any sexual gratification. So uh, they've decided, well, we're just if anybody comes here, we're just going to we're all going to pass him around. We're going to make him very happy and let him kind of have all of us. And um, then, uh, you know, like in The Beguiled, a certain guy comes, but they, don't, they aren't able to do it because he does, in fact, sort of uh, seduce each of them individually and in very unusual ways. And uh, it threatens their, their friendships and everything that they have built up. It's, uh, it's a really, really interesting film. It's very well done. It includes a, a short film that uh, Marine Franson did previously called uh, Les Boisins, The Neighbors, a uh, 20-minute short film. It's really, really incredibly well done. She's a very talented director, and all the actresses are superb. I do recommend it, The Sower. We also have a Luis Buñuel film, A Woman Without Love, which uh, has been re-released by Facets. This is from 1952. Uh, one of his Mexican-year films, an adaptation of the Maupassant story Pierre and uh, Pierre et Jean, uh, which is very kind of classically Buñuel. It's not the best transfer, but it's the only transfer you're going to get. And, uh, you know, it's another, you you know, he's skewering the bourgeoisie, and it's a comedy of manners with a little bit of weirdness in it. And, uh, you know, it it is what it is. It's a good film, but it's not a great transfer. Just be aware of that. It would be great to have this restored on Blu-ray, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. So if you want to see... Uh, the uh, Louis Bunuel film A Woman Without Love from 1952 when he was in Mexico. Uh, you're going to have to get this Facets DVD. It's the best you got. Mm. And then the last uh, foreign language film is Mademoiselle Paradis by uh, Barbara Albert. This, is, this was at the uh, Toronto Film Festival in 2017 and uh, is... Um, I want to say on some level it's a little bit uh, kind of in the same vein as... Uh, Oh boy! What are some what are some period films? It's um, Barry Lyndon-ish, maybe a little bit. Uh, it takes place in Vienna in the 1700s, and it's the story of a uh, woman who was uh, blind, a brilliant blind pianist, and who was also a friend of Mozart's. Oh, and right, and it's um, it's 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 a it's really I mean it's almost an extraordinary uh true story that you at the end you just think that can't possibly be true that could not possibly have all happened yeah. there has to be some fabrication there and i can't tell you what actually does happen but it's um it really is it's it's a great story it's amazing to me this has never been told before uh it's a 97 minute film in german and french and uh that's from first run features really 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 worth checking out that is it's a it's a terrific film mademoiselle paradis from the very very talented director barbara albert mm. Uh, fabulous! I got a couple of more docs over here,
1: um, all quite good, as a matter of fact. From Icarus Films, "The Good Breast." This is a very, very powerful film uh, that explores um, a current phenomenon, uh, ha- having something to do with advances in mammography and and, uh, and other things uh, that have women making the radical decision to have uh, radical mastectomies, uh, either because uh, there's a perhaps a genetic um, strain of breast cancer that runs through their family. Uh, but but very often it is being found that these radical mastectomies are very likely not, ne- uh, not necessary, that, that what's being found by these new, very powerful mammographies um, are, in fact, cancerous tissue, but it is highly unlikely – that that cancerous tissue will develop into breast cancer. It depends on all kinds of things. It's not a spot on science. Yet um, some physicians and some women are being led to make these very sort of radical decisions about that and and, and, uh, mastectomies and and, um, uh, reconstructive surgery and all that kind of stuff. This follows a surgeon, Dr. Lauren uh, Shaper, who believes that fear and ignorance are fueling an alarming rate of medically unnecessary mastectomies in America. Wow. Uh, it's a very interesting investigation to this, I, 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 conclusions, uh, n- n- not a lot of conclusions are made, but the investigation itself is absolutely fascinating and extremely important, particularly if you have happen to have women in your family that you love. That Way Madness Lies, uh, a first-run feature. This documentary um, is super powerful. And in my family, uh, there have been a few people that have had one sort of a mental illness or another, sometimes bipolar, sometimes yep. uh, schizophrenia. We all, we all got them. Uh, it's, it's in the family. This, this one is all about um, what you do when your brother uh, plainly starts to show signs of, um, of slipping away. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a really, really powerful film by Sandra LaCow. And I, you should see it uh, just so that you recognize that you are not alone if you are dealing yeah. with something like that in your family as well, um, from the uh, wonderful, uh, late Claude Landsman director of Shoah, we have um, um, Shoah, Four Sisters. So when, when that film was made, it, he had much more material than he could conclude in the, in, in the final film. Um, wh- a bit of what was left out was the story of these four particular women. And he decided to go oh, back. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and to gather these particular stories together about these four women and tell their stories and of how they actually survived the Holocaust. So Ruth Elias, Ada Lickman, Hannah Martin, and Paula Bersnew um, are the women who he follows in this documentary. And it's just a fascinating story of bravery and perseverance, like you would not believe. I mean, if you've seen Shoah. yeah, uh, you, know, uh, you know, you know the basics. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This just personalizes it in a very specific way as these four women tell their actual stories, and they will just blow you away. This is <laughs> the, the women like this is why I, I, I love yeah. you, 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 dude. I'm sorry, men. Men have nothing ben, no. on women. No idea. When it comes to perseverance and survival, women know how to get it done. Yep, men, men just figure you have a fight. That's yeah. not the same thing. No. Um, one of the best documentaries last year, as this, it was on my top ten list of documentaries, actually it was at the top of my top ten li- list of document, docs last year, is Hell County This Morning, This Evening by filmmaker Ramil Ross. This film is just so beautiful. It's hardly – you can hardly watch it. Hell County is a county in Alabama. And what Ramil does, uh, Ramil grew up in the city, but his father grew up in the South, and his father used to tell him the stories about having grown up in the South. Uh, It's an interesting thing. I interviewed Ramil uh, during the period. uh, I'm a member of the uh, International Documentary Association. I do a lot of their panels. So I did the panel for Ramil's movie, and we had a really wonderful conversation. Very similar lives he and I. He's a young black man, younger than me. His father is about my age interestingly wow. enough about, about 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 58 59 years old and in talking to ramil and he told me these stories because his father told him and I, I and i thought to myself your father and i had the same life because <laughs> uh, his father was from Hell county on alabama i was born in tennessee and, yeah. and you grew up going back going back there we grew up in the city but we were always going back down south so we developed these very urban Sort of lifestyles and attitudes and our perspective on the South was very different from our cousins who remained wow. in the South. And what Ramil does is he goes back down South and in this very poetic film, he looks at the lives of black folks in this particular county and then connects their lives where they are now and how they exist now right back through slavery. There's a sequence of this film where he's... Um, Where uh, uh, He's all these cypress trees, all of these cypress trees. He films all the, And and it's just these long takes of these cypress trees. And then he does this wonderful thing where he dissolves uh, his take from present day of those cypress trees to images taken long ago of the exact same same stand of trees, but with what we have come to call strange fruit hanging from them. Mm. So these trees that we look at now and these children are playing under once held the bodies of african americans who were hunt. That's some of them a
0: hundred years ago
1: some of them only fifty or sixty years
0: and with that we are done uh... we will not be back next week we will be back the week after after the fourth of july holiday if you're in if you're in the united states enjoy the fourth of july holiday mm-hmm. if you're not enjoy not having to put up with us for another week uh... and uh... send us those uh... you got an extra week to uh... win those blu rays just send it in with T or swing. T, the letter T or swing will get you in. Gods at digigods.com, Gods at cinegods.com. See you in two weeks. The top of the
1: top